The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Stop drooling over the G4 6800 and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Rory Blythe. This is Jeff Maciolik here to announce show number 71 with guest Tim Huckabee, recorded live Thursday, July 8th. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's.net training developers to work smarter, and now offering hands-on VB.net and ASP.net classes remotely, online at www.franklins.net, and by Data Dynamics, makers of ActorReports.net, simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.net web applications, online at www.datadynamics.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine. Microsoft Technologies in-depth for IT managers and developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And by Dundas Chart, advanced technology, advanced results. Online at www.dunduschart.com. And now, the guy who spends all his training income on guitar picks, Carl Franklin. Digital blood without any pain. Gotta get it Thank you. Very much. Thanks, Jeff. I'm Carl, and welcome to another stellar episode of .NET Rocks. And uh, uh, across the country today, tonight, none other than my partner in crime, Rory Blythe. Nice to see that you're back in business, man. What's up? Yeah, you know, at the end of the intro there, when uh, uh, the joke was told about you spending all of your training income on guitar picks, I actually started to calculate how many guitar picks you would you would have, but I didn't get very far. And then I realized that if I announced it on the air, that somebody could figure out based on the cost of a guitar pick exactly what it is that you make. And then I thought that wouldn't really be good. I don't want to share anybody's you personal all private of that financial in five information. Seconds? Well, wow. yeah, that's a compressed um, but, thought if I ever heard of one. Yeah. So, so, um, anyway, um, that's one way to start a show. Yeah. I well, guess. there you um, go. <laughs> so you sound great. You've got some, uh, a new microphone over there. Yeah. I got a new mic, got a new audio thingy duty that I don't understand. And it's got all these lights and knobs and switches and buttons and We're plugs and, and, and I'm sort of, I'm, I'm feeling kind of intimidated. Like the, the, <laughs> membership to the international high IQ society that I stole from myself <laughs> from Chris sells the other day should be revoked. Um, <laughs> And I should just be inserted into the international, relatively, you know, average IQ society. Yeah, it sounds like we could, you know, be on like Larry King or, or NPR or, you know, something like that. It was pretty professional sounding for a bunch the, of the quality, slobs like The quality us. is good. Yeah. yeah. No, the quality is pretty damn good. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy about this. And the, the setup is a lot nicer for me to do here at home. And cool. I'm happy about it. I think it's good. I think it's good stuff. How's the dog? The dog is absolutely fabulous. Although... um. 
Well, there's some stuff I'm going to write about. Uh, there are some issues. Oh, speaking of, of writing, I, I just got to tell you, Roy, I really enjoyed your piece about uh, the blood pressure and your grandfather and stuff. <laughs> yeah, hey, you are a really talented writer. Really talented. Thanks. I really enjoyed that yeah. piece. <laughs> yeah, that one was a lot of fun to write. You know, it's it's fun to take a little snapshot of your family's um, just, well, I guess they're crazy aspects Weirdness. and, and turn it into, yeah, and <laughs> show it to the world. So, But what's so funny is that I have had people now emailing me and commenting saying, you know what's weird? Like, that's what I did with my family last yeah. fourth. And wow. I'm not even kidding. Some guy from out in England wrote and uh, he says, well, here in old Blighty, you know, we don't really do anything on the fourth, but last fourth i was there with my family and we were not only checking blood pressure but we were doing cholesterol checks too oh man. i think he's the one who said he was doing cholesterol checks i've been i i'm mixing up a few different emails here but wow it Jeez. was it was something so well crazy funny, people out there funny man. stuff too yeah <laughs> what else is oh, up with good. you what's new well, uh, I am beginning the interview process at a company and uh, I had my second phone interview today and I'm thinking about taking a job. I'm definitely, I, what I should say actually is I'm ready to fight for a job Wow! Um, because cool. I think it's absolutely perfectly suited for me. It's one of those things where I've been kind of sitting around lately waiting for that thing that seemed right. Yeah. And this seems so right that I, I can't let it go. It's kind of like when you see, it's one of those love at first sight things where you just yeah. see that girl or that guy or whatever and you know that something happens and you mm. become kind of obsessed with them and you know that that is the one at least for now so right yeah and uh hopefully the i'm going to hear back about today's phone interview and see how much further this winds up going and maybe i will get the job oh and it sounds good i don't think I'm i've ever really, heard you really more happy. excited about a, a job offer prospect before. well this is, this is the first job offer that i've received in years that doesn't involve just straight you Code know, monkey. either coding or writing. Right. It's yeah. either, I've been offered stuff that's just coding, stuff that's just writing. This is something that mixes like everything that mm. I've wanted to do. And I just can't can't get it out of my head. I've been like wow. daydreaming about it and thinking about it a lot. So Well, you have to keep us informed, of course. Oh, I'll keep you informed. I'll tell you all about get on here and I'll talk for 20 minutes if you don't stop me <laughs> because it's all I'm thinking about right now. That's what obsession is for, right? It's well, so the, more talk, talk the, more, the more you talk, the more you talk, the more people download. So go ahead and talk away. You know, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Whoa, Don XML says in the chat room, Roy is getting a job at Playboy. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, that. that wouldn't be bad. I hear they pay pretty well. That's and frankly, right. I would, I would pose for He's the camera. He's a little thin for, for a bunny suit, payment. though. <laughs> well, anyway, moving right along, getting a little creepy there. Don't got to get too creepy. Let's just move right along. Yeah. So what's going on with you then? Oh, well, I've had a great week. Uh, awesome. Awesome week, actually. I, uh, on Tuesday... Tuesday was my day this week because uh, the band came over and Jeff and a couple of his friends, Will and Pierce and a friend of mine, Arthur, got some cameras together and we like all of a sudden just decided to make this movie, make this music yeah. video. And uh, with four cameras and lights and multi-track recording and, and all this stuff. And my brother and I in 12 hours, you know, 12 hours from start to finish, came up with a web compressed version of the final video. I mean, we, I'm talking, it took like a couple hours to mix it down, the audio, yeah, several hours to get the video together. And it was just so much fun. I couldn't sleep. And I was up for like 40 hours in a row. It was just unbelievably fun. Jeez. Wow. Oh, it was so much fun. 
And then, of course, I got to play show and tell and went around town. And, hey, everybody, look at this. <laughs> I, think <the> most, <laughs> I think the most excited person, though, was Clara, my two-year-old girl. She, was, she just couldn't stop saying, it's Daddy, play guitar. Daddy. <laughs> she turned around to my wife. Yeah. It's Daddy. Yeah, that's Daddy. She was just, I don't know. Must be weird when you're two years old. I never had that experience before. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm sitting in this person's lap and they're on my computer at the same time. Must be very strange. Yep. Well, man, cool. we, we got some mail. I don't know. The, Did we? The mail came out of the woodwork. I'm beginning to think that uh, I'm, I don't know what I'm beginning to think. It's great. We love <laughs> to hear from you. So uh, send us your mail. We have a new email address. Uh, it's not new, but we haven't been using it. And we'd like to encourage everybody who wants to communicate with us either during the show or after the show about anything at all to send it to .net rocks at franklins.net. That's D-O-T-N-E-T rocks at franklins.net. And uh, that goes to accounts where you won't be challenged by spam filters and all that stuff. It's, it's good. Rory gets a copy. I get a copy. So it's good. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Even the spammers, because like Even you the said, spammers. there's no spam block. So. That's right. So, you know, and it's not, don't, please don't publish so, it yeah, anywhere. Be careful with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't publish it anywhere. I published it on our website as a GIF file. So, and, and there's yeah. no link. So nobody knows about it. Anyway. Yeah. Shh. Um, yeah shh, just use it. Don't tell him. Uh, we got <laughs> an email from Tom at nrradio.com. Did you know that there's a radio station, an online radio station in the UK, Rory, that's um, mirroring and rebroadcasting our shows? Um, I, well, no. Yeah. That, wow. At cool. NR, NR, our radio, nrradio.com. Uh, hey, this is Tom from nrradio.com. Just wanted to tell you guys we love airing the show, and it airs Sundays at 1 p.m. That's England time. Also, have you heard of Soundwaves Mag? We are working on an advertising trade with them. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Very cool. I went and checked it out, and sure enough, you listen to their stream at Sunday, uh, on Sundays at 1, and you'll hear .NET Rocks. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. We should, we should send them one of our letters, the one that says, give us money, please. <laughs> That's okay. On the .NET Rock stationery? Right. On the letterhead. On the company letterhead. <laughs> Please send a memo in triplicate. <laughs> Stroke J9245. Okay, this <laughs> one is from David Foster. Uh, guys, again, an excellent show. Carl, I have to disagree with your comments on DirectX 9. I ha and I think he's talking about um, the show we did last week. I said something like, uh, if you're thinking if you've never done graphics program you're thinking about getting into direct x9 do something else and I, I didn't mean to say it was because it was difficult and and it is difficult if you're not used to graph i guess i'm trying to say if you're new to graphics programming at all it can be a little bit daunting it's total only because it's totally unlike the business application programming that you've done up to now but uh didn't mean to say anything negative about it i think it's great of course, obviously it's the it's the number one graphics API. Uh anyway, so he said I had done no graphics programming up until June. We got a contract to develop a steel framing engineering application. DirectX 9 VBNet and SQL Server. Dude, this is how programming is meant to be. Work out the math for frames and trusses and three dimensions. Turn all the center ends into vector three objects. Generate a mesh for each object and render object and render. We started with tutorial three and just built uh, the app off of that. Hey, sounds like all the access programs I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. 
We are almost halfway through and can thoroughly recommend DX9. The hardest part was regurgitating vector and trigonometry math. It's been 25 years since I was at school, just as well as my eldest is doing last year of astrophysics in a math degree. I love this time slot, Monday, Friday, Sydney, Australia. Only problem is client always wants to do lunch Fridays. Uh, so we're like you know, on at lunchtime in Australia. I have convinced him with Krispy Kreme donuts, Mondays are better. Keep up the great work. Best regards, David Foster. Thank you, David. And yeah, thanks, uh, Steve. Yeah. And be on the lookout for some useless crap. Uh, excuse me. Useful crap. Useful crap. Useful crap. Yeah. You can prop things up with it. Yeah. You can hold your pencils. <laughs> and your pencil sharpener. You you could also actually tie ransom notes to the clock and throw it through windows. Okay. I'm just trying to help, man. Yeah, okay. Just trying to be useful. If you really if you really want to, I suppose. Just you didn't get it from us. I'm not saying to do it. It's got our pictures once on it. Out it's got here, a ransom it's... note tied to it with our pictures on it. That's thinking. <laughs> yeah, let's encourage that behavior. Well, they'd never suspect us if it's our Carl photos. Franklin and Roy Blythe people coming through my window. <laughs> Might not even read grass. the note. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it was a bad idea. Yeah, okay, well, one anyway. out of every ten ideas. Yeah, you really can bad. use it to okay, kill your idea. dog. <laughs> you could actually bring it down on your mother-in-law's head. But Carl, seriously, I'm feeling kind of sensitive now about it. Okay, okay all right. I'll lay off. So uh, this one is I mean, from. It was a dumb idea. <laughs> Everyone has them. So this one is from Bob Newton, Toronto, Canada. Hi, Carl and Rory. Keep up the good work. I've been listening to .NET Rocks now for about six months and have enjoyed each and every broadcast. Recently, I took a week off to do some exterior painting on my house here in Toronto. Even though I hate painting with a passion, I was able to strap on my pocket PC to my tool belt and listen to some oldie but goodie past broadcasts while up the ladder on my wireless home network using Windows Media Streaming from your website. How cool is wow. that? <laughs> the guy's painting his house, listening to you and me. Listening yeah. to .NET Rocks made the painting go a little easier. Thanks, Bob Newton. Bob, what can I say, man? I'll send you a paintbrush with Rory's picture Well, just it. like the whole the whole setup, you know, the pocket PC tying into the wireless network right. and streaming the show over the... That's awesome. And the thing that I want to know is what does he say when somebody comes over and says, hey, what you listening to? You know? Yeah. Oh, well, I've got my pocket PC connected to the internet. I'm listening to a show on the internet. Huh? Right. Yeah. Voodoo. This one is from Richard Norman. He says, uh, oh, Don XML, listening to the Don XML episode. Don is actually out in the uh, chat room, so maybe he can answer this uh, question. I'm catching up on some episodes I missed. While listening to Don XML episode, Chris Lundy from Canada called and talked about some of the issues he was having moving to .NET and that he was using a lot of COM in his applications. Kudos to him for finding the errors with the Amazon service. Also, the great suggestion of Don XML to use namespaces to version your service. One thing I wanted to point out, if it was not discussed afterwards, I am writing this while listening to the show, was that you should be able to create a com component from a .NET serviced component. You certainly can. So that his XML web service interfacing code could be redone in .NET with the easy interface and proxy class creation. So the use of the SOAP toolkit is not necessary. Pretty cool idea if the application can talk with com fine. His current application can uh, just be updated to use the new com components. So I should recommend looking into the com interop capabilities, which will be also included in Indigo. Thanks, Donbox, for the info. 
So, you know, just a little user help when I can. Carl and Rory keep on .NET rocking. We'd love a show about mono. Just recently released 1.0. When you can have the time to get a hold of people. Yes, we, uh, we're working on that. We are, truly. And, uh, and as I said before, Miguel's coming on the show soon, as soon as we can get him booked. And finally, this one is an announcement from Elliot Mike York. Uh, who says, could you guys please mention that Jason Barris from the Inetta Speakers Bureau will be the guest speaker at the Greater New Orleans.net user group meeting on Monday, July 12th. The meeting will be held at the Jefferson Parish East Bank Regional Library on 4747 West Napoleon Avenue, uh, Metairie, Louisiana. It's one of those French words. M-E-T-A-I-R-I-E. Metairie. There you go. Louisiana, 70001. Event starts at 6.30, goes to 8.30. Pizza and soda available with quite a few door prizes. More information is available at www.gonug.org. Really enjoy your show, and if you guys are ever in the Big Easy, give us a shout. I love New Orleans. I don't know about you, Rory, but when I die, I want to have a New Orleans funeral in New Orleans. That is the way to go. Don't you think? Well, I mean, if yeah, I mean... It's a little complicated, though, because I start thinking that if you have your funeral there, then how are you going to really enjoy it? Um, yeah. Because True. you can't... I mean, do you see the problem? Well, but it's for my friends, you know, for my friends and family. They'd be they'd be. Well, maybe you should it. be a little bit less selfish, Carl, and ask where your friends want your funeral to be. Well, maybe they want it to be in a ski resort. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We could do, a, we could do an informal poll, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> selfish bastard. Yeah, I know. What can I say? Well, anyway, it's all about me when I die. <laughs> we have uh, many changes to the format in, of this show, and the first change is that we actually have some uh, some some theme music for the segment that we're officially consecrating. It's the news of the week. Now obey. So, Rory, what happened this week? Okay. Well, this week, um, one thing that happened that's kind of interesting is somebody put uh, a, a site online called passcracking.com. P-A-S-S cracking.com. All, all one word except for the dot com, of course. You don't have to spell it. The dot, it's not D-O-T. It's just simply a dot like a period. Yes. Dot com. And it is called MD5 Online Cracking. So you just wow. simply supply your you supply your uh, MD5 hash, and it will come out the other end in a few days with the crack with the unscrambled uh, mumble jumbo. Really? Oh yeah. But it says that okay, there are some restrictions. For example, um, it says note this project won't be able to break salted MD5 hashes, uh-huh. which are used in Nix systems and slash etc slash shadow files. They won't appear in the list, only clean MD5 hashes. But still, you know, this is a really interesting concept it to is. be able to find online. You just submit a hash and bang, it, <laughs> they crack it. Wow. And I was thinking, what happens when this winds up being like SETI, or like one of these distributed programs, right? Oh, man. Where you Don't have a whole bunch ideas. of people, hey, sh- where you have a whole bunch hey, of people damn, donating their dope. computer time to cracking other people's uh, uh, hashes. I mean, Dude, that's, that's evil. Don't even mention that kind of shit. Well, I'm half Ouch. evil, so it's sort of my job. <laughs> You're all yin and no yang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is uh, this is not really tech related, but you know, a lot of tech people like to 
pretend that they think they're smart or whatever. So I thought I'd uh, <laughs> mention the man who knew too much, the 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 guy who's been on Jeopardy, who's made like nine bajillion dollars and been on for like twenty five million shows in a row, is who just Frank cannot Spangenberg? lose. Whatever his name is, I just think he's an asshole, and I wanted to say that. And I, and it's not because I know him; it's just because I'm jealous. Okay, so that's the news of the week uh, for that particular. So I mean, he's just a jerk, and he keeps he keeps winning, and that bothers me. Um, in other news, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, keyless remotes to cars in Waldorf suddenly useless. Did you hear about this in Waldorf? Like the Waldorf? Yeah. Where? In, in Waldorf, somewhere. I get. Okay. I guess. Uh, I guess it's just this town out there. Um, so they they all stopped working. And, yeah, they all stopped working. People could not get into their into their cars. And what's happening is there was some government body that was jamming the signal that all these little car uh, uh, door openers work on, Oops. while an aircraft carrier or something like that was coming into coming into port, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, wow. Oh, and garage door openers, everything just shut down, so they wow. can just block that whenever they feel like it. That sucks. Which is, yeah, it's pretty nuts, especially, I mean, a car like mine, you can't even use the key to unlock the door. You have to use the remote entry. So You do? I would have been out there. Yeah. So if you lose your battery or something, you you can't drive to work? I'm sure there's all sorts of, well, I mean, if you don't have your battery, you can't really drive to work anyway, can you? No, 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 your battery and your keyless remote. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, It'd be, yeah, it'd be pretty hard to get in. Jeez. Yeah. That's what code well, I don't know, are maybe for, I do though. have key holes, but I've never used them. I don't oh, know. Anyway, well, I'm making oh, stuff up, so let's move out. along. <laughs> um on another front this Just is a coat hanger related. Lady, you'll be all set yeah well i think i think the mini is probably coat hanger proof you need a little tiny coat hanger a little thin mm. one but here we've got um sun introduces most significant and advanced java platform release in five years and it was so significant and so advanced in fact that they skipped from version 1.5 to 5.0 we now have Ooh. java version 5.0 wow yeah, well, who cares? So, Versions don't mean anything anyway. Well, I kind of care just ID because number. that is that's so over the top, desperate marketing kind of crap. And I mean, well, I you, you know, know everybody over the past few years has skipped has skipped a version here or there, but Rory, skipping three and a half. What what, what Windows three one one to ninety five. Now that's almost ninety. <laughs> that's over ninety versions they skipped. Okay, so come on. I don't know. In my opinion, though, Windows Windows three one one was really followed up by NT, whereas Windows three and three dot one were okay. followed up by Windows 95. NT was Windows four, right? Windows four sure. to ninety five. That's still over ninety versions, pal. Whose side are you on, Carl? I don't know. I'm just I'm just calling like I who's said. Si- whose side are you on, Carl? I just that's my job. I point. No, you know hypocrisy. what? Maybe maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just going to stop with this <laughs> news item right here. Move on to the next one because it seems like some people in um, the host and co-host arrangement aren't entirely happy with it. So here we have something that we'll probably just never see again. At http colon slash slash, as you all know and are sick of hearing about, slate s l a t e dot m s n dot com slash id slash two one zero three. 152 is an article on a Microsoft-sponsored and owned site telling people to use Firefox over Internet Explorer. Really? Yep. Wow. The article itself isn't really that interesting. It's just the same old stuff that everybody else says when they tell you to use Firefox. I just thought it was fascinating that here on this Microsoft-run site, they're doing it as well. I mean, that's really something. Hmm. So that is the news for the week. 
Wow. Awesome, dude. Well, Rory, uh, it's time to introduce our guest and making his second appearance on .NET Rocks, uh, our good friend Tim Huckabee. Tim is Chief Executive Officer of Internology, a software infrastructure and network engineering firm dedicated to consulting application software design and network engineering. As lead technical architect, software development lead, Microsoft Regional Director, and Microsoft Partner Advisory Council member, and Ineta Rockstar speaker, Tim has over 20 years of industry experience. Tim has worked on technology projects for such clients as Microsoft, Pacific Life Insurance Company, Nabisco, Qualcomm, Gateway, BigStore.com, Zapotec, College Club, Mobile Planet, SkyMall, Kingston Technology, Cooking.com, Buy.com, and the U.S. Navy. As a developer, architect, and technical lead, Tim's skills expand into many areas, including electronic commerce, internet, extranet, intranet architecture, and development. And mo- oh, Jesus, he's just a really smart guy. Will you please introduce <laughs> Tim Huckabee? Jeez, where did you, where did you get that? Yeah, Lord, I'd have to, you know, this <laughs> thing goes all, this thing goes all the way down. I mean, where, where in the world that is outdated and embarrassing? But gentlemen, um, it's my pleasure to be here. Great to talk to you. And I use that term gentleman loosely, at least in Rory and Oh, because Carl's case. here, right. Yeah. com. It's on your bio page. Oh, God, that, that God bless it site. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough to keep that site up to date. Well, but the fact is, is that you've got a lot of, you sit on a lot of advisory boards, probably the most advisory boards of anybody that I know. And you've done a lot of development work, even though that's not your main focus these days. You you are like a developer god. <laughs> Not just me uh, saying you know, that. You know. <laughs> um, well, I just clearly I sit on way too many councils at Microsoft. I can't believe they still listen to me. Um, <laughs> the inter, internology, you know, has has done a ton of uh, .NET for a long time now, and um, boy, there's some there's some really talented and fantastic people. And the reason I don't write code anymore other than demos is because they don't let me i'm dangerous so but i can write a mean demo <laughs> i can write a mean demo with the best of them yeah mm-hmm. and we, okay so you've been on the show before and uh you were talking about you you told probably one of the the best uh microsoft bill gates stories <laughs> on the show before, yeah, I don't even so think long that was. Ago, I don't remember. But that no. wasn't even your show. That was Nick Landry's show. Oh, is that right? And you were a caller. You just wanted to call and harass Nick. Yeah, because I, I I did the show with you and Mark. Um, I think it was one of the very first dot dot net rock shows. And um, you right. know, as as Rory said, I think in the intro, I've been a rockhead ever since. Yeah, that's true. You've been a great uh, supporter of what we're doing here. I, uh, I still that. believe you guys should be on TV replacing Letterman, but um, <laughs> I, think, I think you need a little bit more money to make that happen. Well, yeah. And, you know, they... No, Do you have any money you'll give us? <laughs> I wish. I'm your biggest fans, gentlemen. Yeah. If I could put you on CBS in Letterman's spot, I would. Well, Tim, you just remember that nothing says I'm your biggest fan like a biggest fan check. Like a big fat check, right. Yeah, what uh, like since the last show? Check. Since the last show, what have you been doing with yourself? 
This is the last show. What, what was that? When did you start that? Well, Bob? okay, a official, couple years ago. Officially, the last show that we talked to you on was the Tech Ed show. But, uh, but we didn't talk to you about what you were doing. Um, so what have you been doing in the last year or so? Well, um, you know, my, my personal technology jihad for the last, oh, I know exactly what it is. It's 14 months is smart client. And, um, boy, when I was asked to jump into that 14 months ago, uh, not only did I have no idea what the hell a smart client was, um, I, uh, Microsoft really didn't have their act together on messaging tools and technologies in smart client. Yeah. Um, and boy, have times have changed. I'm just enamored, literally enamored with some of these technologies that I completely discounted when I first heard about them. And I tell you what, Microsoft has their act together. Yes. Um, they are getting such crisp messaging going that, you know, their internal MGB conference is coming up here in a week. MGB, you said? Microsoft Global Briefing. This is ah. the one not many people hear about because it's a Microsoft-only event. Mm. And it's ultra-secret, and they talk about technologies that are, you know, five years in advance, you know, and, and uh, there's no press. Well, anyways, I'm I'm honored because they've asked me to keynote the uh, smart client track, so I'm like one of two non-blue badge people, you know, kind of uh, lighting up and and getting people excited on on the actual smart client track itself. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's weird too because you know I literally I I'm like in Atlanta for for twelve hours. And there's like, I think there's like 20,000 Microsoft people there from all over the world, uh, mostly field and, and technology people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fly in there. They escort me by security to the stage. <laughs> I've got, literally, this hmm. is kind of amusing. I probably shouldn't talk about this, but what the hell. Like guys who will take bullets for you and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> no one listens to this show anyways, right? Dark, so the I, dark sunglasses. I might as well fly all the NDA here. Um, so they, they escort you in by security and I'm, I'm in the big room too. So seemingly thousands of people, I I do my show or my presentation and they escort mm. me out <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> you know? Good night. Thanks yeah, for coming. didn't take anything too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So anyways, there's a lot of between now, which is next week and, uh, you know, a year ago I've been, um, I've been doing this presentation that's relatively successful, and I've done it at all levels. I've done it to the Visual Studio and .NET team in Redmond. I've certainly mm. done it in user groups and tech ed and conferences and such. And um, for all the, the the technology spin on this, as opposed to the business spin, and we we can talk about both, of sure. course. The technology spin is there's basically five big hitter technologies. Uh, okay. in smart client. And, and we should probably define what, a, what the hell a smart client is. Sure. At yeah. least in, in all of our purview. Um, so the, the five bitter, big hitter application development technologies for smart client are Windows Forms, of course. Yep. Um, um, Compact Framework or Smart Device, whatever the hell they call it now, but Compact Framework. Uh, and then the other three are the ones I I immediately discounted when I first heard about them, and now I'm totally enamored with. And that's InfoPath, 
mm-hmm. Visual Studio Tools for Office mm-hmm. and Information Bridge Framework, IBF. Hmm. That last one is the only one I'm not so familiar with. And, and I wasn't until just recently, too, because they just kind of shipped. So let's start with that one, which is the, the most unknown okay. of them. The, um, it, when you run any Office program, Excel, InfoPaths, Word, PowerPoint, what am I missing? Access, Outlook, um, there is this task pane thing that comes up. And guys like me and you two, yep. uh, the first thing we do is what? We turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> we, we hit the little X and get rid of it. Okay? But, um, you know, there's there's... There's many information worker type folks out there that live and die by what they can do in this task pane. Well, IBF, if, if you don't mind me using the acronym, allows you to um, embed or create a Windows form that lives inside that task pane, mm. right? That guy can call directly out to a web service or a direct a- I- API for that matter, Um or it can talk to a, a very abstracted metadata layer of some form of data you have in your backend, and it dynamically interacts with the Office document itself. So what, what's a practical example of that? You have, uh, I don't know, you get an email, and it says, uh, hey, Carl, hey, Rory, I want to order the uh, .NET Rocks um, souvenir mug. Or, or T-shirt or whatever. Uh, its part number is blah. Well, the smart tag, the automatic smart tag would come up, recognize that part number, and you get a little menu. Yeah. And that menu would say something like, and, and most people know what a smart tag is, um, that menu would say something like show details or whatever you, you put the, the caption to be. And you click on that, and you get a bunch of information in the task pane, which is really running a .NET application, a WinForm application, that has called out to your, I don't know, your inventory system. I'm sure you guys have this this entire ERP system for the <laughs> .NET Rocks Empire that's completely banned. <laughs> oh yeah, right? sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's it monitoring our every to, move right now. It's called it's out called to calc, the .NET Rocks. Calc.exe. <laughs> <laughs> so let me. It calls out to the .NET Rocks SAP, you know, system and, and gets current inventory and, and blah blah blah. And you make a few mouse clicks. It updates an order form and boom, sends it back out with email. So that's kind of cool. Mm. That's kind of powerful. And it because cool. it's .NET, uh, it, it, it's compelling for at least guys like us, right? If it were scriptable or something hokey or calm or something like that, we may hate every minute of it. You know, but, but let's get <laughs> things straight. Um, you know, clearly there are no managed interfaces for Office yet. Yeah, we're wrapping, all, we're wrapping this stuff. Right. But the interface is still .NET. Right. Right? Yeah. So um, let me go up the stack then. So Visual Studio okay. Tools for Office is uh, basically writing some .NET that manifests itself in Excel or Word. A uh, practical example would be in a business, and, and, you know, there's, there's people, okay, let me spin it like this. I, if you ask me, and I think I can speak for both of you, Uh, If you ask us to build a pivot table in Excel, we would flail for four hours in help and give up. Can I I speak? (laughs) Pretty much. Okay. I'm not an Excel guy, though. Okay. There you go. 
However, uh, I can, in about a hundred lines of Visual Studio or .NET, VB.NET or C Sharp or whatever, I can write an app that calls a web service or goes on a, a direct API or something, pull back a bunch of data, and pivot table it in four lines of managed code. Wow. Now, th hmm. that's unbelievably powerful and cool. And then someone who knows what the hell they're doing in Excel can can do whatever they do with charting and pivoting and analyzing data. And, and because it's .NET... You know, we've got the code access security behind it, so we finally have a real security model. VBA, as you know, is impos is, is like programming with one arm behind your back, and net-net, it was impossible to secure these docs um, in the past anyways, short of painting ACLs and, and hokey <laughs> solutions like that. Um, right. So now, I mean, literally, you could... You could uh, write a, an app that went out to your, your got personnel data, maybe salary data, you know, yep. pivoted it up, put it in a spreadsheet. You could email that spreadsheet to the entire company. <laughs> but only, the only people who have rights to that assembly, you know, are going to get to open that spreadsheet. Yeah. And the normal deployment model yeah. would be, you know, this, the assembly would go out on a network share, and then it wouldn't matter where the office doc got, got moved around. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. It sounds it sounds really interesting. Do you know of many companies that are actually using it with Office? It seems like you really have to. Well, you know, you have to drink know the Microsoft Kool Aid quite a bit. You well, know, you know. That, to... So let's let's transition straight into what are the hurdles, you know, holding back this smart client revolution. There you go. Um, and and I I honestly, well, we're seeing it right now. We're we're doing a lot of real. You know, as opposed to the, the cutting, bleeding-edge Microsoft stuff we do for Redmond, yep. we have actually some real customers doing this right now. Um, but the big hurdle, of course, for Smart Client, and one of the main attributes of Smart Client, of course, is a disconnected scenario, but um, the, the, the big hurdle is the .NET framework at the client, at the right. desktop. Right. You know, Microsoft, uh, you know, we can praise them where they're good, and, and, and we can be very honest where they're not so good. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the places I think they're not so good is getting the damn framework to the desktop. Yeah. They're not helping customers do that. Well, that's true. And what, what have you done to, uh, or what have you noticed that works? Well, you know, you know the, the really savvy companies, which is a typical internology client, you know, someone a company that's technology savvy, they, they figure it out for themselves. Like, um, uh, Pacific Life Insurance Company, uh, the the whale company. I mean, yeah, right. really, after <laughs> after some serious discussions about the power of the smart client and how quickly we can get it done compared to web apps and and now the deployment. We should remind me to talk about the deployment hurdle also. But um, you know, their their uh, VP of technology has uh, snuck in the .NET framework into their their yeah. office rollout. Oh, office rollout. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, before the network guys could say anything, it, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing, you <laughs> know. So, um, you know, there are a gazillion .NET framework downloads you know, out Tim, there, and Tim, the metrics are getting better and better and better. But still, it's up yeah. to us in the trenches, honestly, to to get the framework to the right. Because it isn't about all the clients going up and downloading it. It's like you said, it has to be rolled out system like a. You have to think of it like a service pack. And yeah, absolutely. 
you, you know, I was writing about this this morning for an article for Programmer's Paradise magazine that uh, a lot of this is because of pain memory, right? You have all these guys who are programmers in like 95, 96, Windows 95, Windows NT 3.1, DLL Hell, you know, VB3, VB4, you know, and uh, wrapping up system DLLs and set up EXEs and sending them through 33.6 modems and you know, you you spend five hours downloading a setup program for an application, you install it, and it corrupts your Windows installation, you know? And there's a lot of pain there. And a lot of these developers, and you know, grew up to be managers, and they're the guys that are making the decisions, and they hear a Windows application on all our clients, you know? These are the guys that flock to ASP and flock to web applications in the intranet just because of DLL hell and distribution problems. Absolutely. We're, we're still getting over the scar right. of um, writing web apps for the last four or five years. And, right. and don't get me wrong, ASP.net is unbelievably oh, it's great. awesome. But you know what? You apply the tool, tools and the technologies where the, the right solution and best solution happens, and no one will disagree right. that it's still a lot easier to build a Windows app than it is a web app. It's definitely a lot. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, in my classes that I teach, you've got a mix of people who have never done web applications before and some that have done it with ASP or other technologies. And we do Windows forms first. Now, I'm not talking about the ASP.NET Masterclass. I'm talking about the other one. It's like a mix of everything. And we start with Windows Forms, and this is great. You know, everything works cool as you would expect. And then you come to ASP.NET on day three. And the people who have done ASP and have lived through it, they love it. And every, all the guys who've never done internet programming of any kind are like, well, this kind of sucks, you know? <laughs> when they Where's, look at that HTML form, hmm, yeah. oh, my God, I still can't Where do my class-level variables go? You know, it's like, <laughs> Stateless programming? Right. Why? <laughs> Oops, that's a dirty trick. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, you're like pretty, dude, you have no idea what this is like before, you know? Be thankful uh, you can that, drag a button on here. I make that joke about the kids that kids that work in, in internology all the time. These guys take so much for granted, like like printing. Oh, you yeah. You know, remember, you guys got the gray <laughs> sure. hair. Remember writing, you know, DOS putting programs. all the Epson escape codes. Oh, and, right. HBGL into our code so it would print neato. Yeah, f- that. <laughs> oh yeah, the tools have gotten so good. It's just you know honestly, it's just not that hard to write good software anymore. Certainly, nothing re- you know replaces good software architecture or a good software architect. But man, we have good tools these days. Yeah. So. We do. So holding back the smart client revolution, that you know, the the framework getting out to the the um, the, the what can Microsoft machine. do? What can Microsoft do, or what should they do? Well, here's what I think. Are you beeping? So here's what I think <laughs> is totally fucked <laughs> up. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of the messages that we hear is well, in the Longhorn time frame, you know, the the entire OS kernel will be built in native managed code, and yeah. and uh, you know, you'll get the the framework natively on every OS. Well, you know what? I might be dead by the time that ships. <laughs> we're we're in the trenches right now. Not only that, but they you know they make awfully big assumptions. Like the whole world is just suddenly going to upgrade to Longhorn. You know, yeah, there's, there's going to be a really slow point. adoption period where people aren't going to have it. And... 
There's another good point. So we just, yet, right? we got to take it upon ourselves to, to get our clients smart, to get the, the world smart about, um, and, and get them over the scars of versioning their calm. Right. Which is going to take some time. Right. Uh, ex- we need some really kick-ass consumer apps built in WinForms. You we know, th- we think we, I think we need a catchphrase, you know, a catchphrase that, that the developer can take upstairs to the manager and he can say it and they'll get it, you know? Well, you know, <laughs> one of the compelling arguments is, uh, well, Hey boss, if you, if I do it in this, in an ASP.net, it takes me, you know, a hundred hours. If you let me do it in a WinForm app, it takes me 40, Wh- yeah. which do you want? Right. You know, that's certainly a compelling business argument. Or do both, right? I mean, this is something that Billy Hollis is is saying, and, and it certainly makes a lot of sense. It's so easy to develop an interface in either, you know, relatively easy to develop an, an interface in either a web or a Windows app. You just build the components, and then you make a Windows front end for your internal people, and you make a web front end that's less feature-rich for the uh, for the people in the field. Exactly. And and you know what? You're not going to manifest your applications in Excel every time. Right. But there are times where that makes total sense. So you use the right tool for the right solution. These are just, these tools are means to an end. And Billy, of course, is uh, absolutely savvy in the uh, the way uh, an application should be architected. Right. How do you think? How do you, how do you come? How do you get the business guy, the pointy-haired boss, to understand? You know why DLL Hell existed, and uh, you know why it isn't there with .NET, and it truly isn't there. One thing that I like to say very simply is that COM doesn't reference DLLs by version. COM doesn't reference objects by their version, only by their name. And so you can only have one registered version, and you—it's like, you know, playing Russian roulette. You take your chances when you register when you knock up that uh, when you new up that object with .NET. When you register a component, you have the name, the class, the DLL name, and the version. And so, if it's not the right version, it doesn't—you know—it's low. And I'm talking about shared DLLs here. Yeah, and and, uh, and you don't even have to share them. Or paraphrase what you said because. You're, you said that the business... Right, and that's the, exactly... You know, that's a little technical. Right, I know that, and that's guy. how I'm trying to find a better way to say that. So, I, you know, I, I, I get to deal at a little bit... Well, basically, you know, the average of people I deal with are, are at the CIO level and below. And at a CIO level, it's, hey, we admit, we admittedly, we've had some problems over the last uh, four years, four right. or five years on the platform. Yeah. It made it very difficult to version our code. You have to feel the pain. And and that is why we migrated all this stuff to the web. Right. Because, Internally. you know, of, of yeah. centralization and all that business. But you know what? .NET fixed most, if not all of that. And, and here's how it did it. And, um, uh, you know, while it comes to mind, do you know this Kinitos company? No. Have you heard of this company? They're amazing. I, I you know, I, I, I just, I just kind of fell bass backwards into these guys. How do you spell um, that? They uh, K I N. No, I meant bass backwards. K I N I T O S. Okay. They make a uh, deployment and updating uh, so- piece of software for Windows Forms, 
And it, uh, you know, the stuff you guys are aware of, the stuff we're getting in Whidbey in Click Once. Sure. And that mm-hmm. almost yeah. takes us to deployment Nirvana. It doesn't take us all the way there. Well, I tell you what, these Canidos folks have us all the way there right now. Even as granular as like peer-to-peer updates on your mm. assemblies. So right. if you know, if if one of the machines out there gets a new version automatically while the app is running. It looks for the least path of resistance to update the next machine as opposed to going back to the mothership. Yeah, that's cool. Amazing. I'm that's so great. impressed by this company. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're a Microsoft ISV, clearly, and they have a lifespan hmm. because their their product is already uh, more feature-filled than, you know, what Whidbey's going to give us in ClickOne. Hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. It, I, I just adore these guys. The demos are unbelievable. They have some real clients, too, that adore them. Yeah. Um, we're, we're getting mixed up in them in a, a couple consumer-type Windows Forms applications, wow. which, uh, which is pretty darn cool. Oh, that and, cool. and the best, one of the other things is, is the network guys can control all this deployment and updating. With this, with this software, these guys with, have. With Kinetos, yeah. As huh. opposed to the developer you yeah. know, putting the deployment model in his project. Yeah, right. You know, which doesn't really fly in some no. of the big enterprises. Well, this can be all infrastructure controlled. Hmm. How do we get off on this tangent on Kinetos? I, well, well I, those guys <laughs> it was owe the click thing. Yeah, really. Really. Send the check. Oh, we were to... talking about the hurdles of the revolution, the hurdles right. of the smart client revolution. How do we convince the pointy haired boss? Yeah, and, and deployment was one of them. Yes. Um, but you deploy- know, what's interesting about Microsoft Smart Client, I think, is. There is no real competition. In terms I mean, if, of other operating systems. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if Microsoft really jumps on this like they should, and they have not. I mean, you, when you think of .NET, you, you automatically think of ASP.NET because it's been marketed right. so well. Right. Th- times are changing, though. <laughs> um, you know, if they jump on this the right way, you know, they're paving 10 years of dominance, mm. yeah. I think. What about, like, Java Web Start, though? Yeah, and IBM made some announcements the the other day about their new smart client strategy. And, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, awesome, great. Competition is a great thing for Microsoft. Uh, you know, nothing would make me happier than, than something to compete with the Windows form, with the Windows.net form. It's Do true. you guys honestly see it in, mm-hmm. in the next couple of years? And all the building blocks are there in the framework, so anybody can really write this kind of stuff. It, even if it is infrastructure stuff, it's not going to replace the the framework, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, competition's good. Just like you know, Java. Yeah, I was just thinking about language. Java. Java Web Start as a as a Java Web Start as a method of distribution of of Java apps over the web. Um, and you know, when it works, it's it's all right. You know, like mm-hmm. a lot of sun things that never really quite hits all the way home. Um, starts with a good idea and then just kind of limps along the rest of the way. But uh, I guess I could see some competition there in some areas, but it only solves some problems. I guess that's the other issue. It really in my dream world, uh, you know, I see the .NET framework running on Sun hardware. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, it would be easier to do than any com-based thing. Te- technically, it's, of course, possible. Right. Um, that You know, some of the, the big enterprise customers or clients that we have they're locked into like 20-year capital investments in Sun and IBM hardware. And, uh, you know, I've been saying for a long time, you're going to see Windows running on those boxes one day because they, they can't get rid of the hardware. Right. What they can do is not renew the software licensing. 
Yeah. Anyways, but now we're way off track. <laughs> but who cares? Well, actually, this would be no a good... one listens to this show, right? <laughs> this, since we're off track anyway, this would be a good uh, place to uh, stop and listen to some music. And what we're listening to uh, here first is uh, is the recording that we made on Tuesday of New London Blues, and then we're going to play one of Rory's songs for equal time. Space. 
Hey, Carl Franklin here, giving a shout-out to my friends at Data Dynamics. Uh, We've talked a lot about active reports on this show, and this is no exception. So I'm talking about activereports.net. This is a port of their popular active reports program. If you're currently thinking of doing reporting in .NET for Windows Forms or web applications, check out activereports.net. Uh, Many of my friends in the business use and swear by activereports.net. I use it as well. Let me just tell you, to say that the reporting is simple does it an injustice because it makes you think that it can only do simple things. It can do very powerful things, but you don't have to go through hoops just to set up a simple report. When you create a report, the report exists with your application. 
Okay, it doesn't exist on a server somewhere. All right, we're not talking about enterprise reporting. We're talking about I have some data. I want to print it out, or I want to show it to the user. PDF format is supported. HTML format is supported. All the great features you'd expect from a reporting engine. Drop dead simple, and the best part, it's not going to break the bank. They have a great licensing scheme that's easy to deal with. So check it out at www.datadynamics.com. Now let's get back to our show. Jeff. All right, cool. And we're back. And, uh, yep, I still like that song an awful lot, man. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, well, we're back from the break, and we're a little, you know, moving around, experimenting with some different formats here. After the break, we're going to do the Google Weirdos. So, uh, without any further ado, it's time for the Google Weirdos. Google Weirdos. What are the Google Weirdos? The shouts outs. What are the shouts outs? All right, the shouts outs. And first thing I got to tell you, Carl, is, you know, Google Weirdos is, you know, of different qualities from one week to the next. And this week, Google Weirdos is going to kind of suck. So, moving right along from that, okay. Um, I didn't find the best Google weirdos in the universe oh, this time, but I'm bummer. working on it. The shouts outs, we've got Hello Rory from Rob Josh and the Try Not Gang in North Carolina. Hey, what's up, you guys? What's up? Next one is, I don't I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like Rory. <laughs> and um, well. that is definitely for the, the case. I, I doubled my antidepressant dose today as scheduled, and boy, am I experiencing some interesting uh, responses upstairs. Okay, next hmm. is... Rory, get back to weirdos. News sucks. Okay. Well, we appease this oh, person no. because we did both Screw tonight. You. News is great. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I think this person will be happy though because we've got both. Yeah. So you've got best of both worlds. That's thing. true. Next one is forget about Rory. I don't think anyone has ever sent Carl a shout out in the Don at Rocks Google Weirdo segment. <laughs> and and you That's know what? Neither blog, has though. this guy. He just said he yeah, just right. he just said to forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up he comes up with the the solution, but he doesn't actually uh, implement doesn't it. Doesn't come so. through. Well, it's your blog um, though. Why would they give me shout outs through your blog? Maybe through my blog, but I don't check my logs. So, well, it would be nice. I think this person has a point. It would. There be goes nice. me over analyzing the, the situation is, yeah. again. You know. <laughs> The next one is, I want Rory Blythe shorts. Um, I actually only wear shorts when I exercise, and I get really, really sweaty, and I wash those shorts once every two weeks. Would you like me to FedEx those to you or UPS them? COD. You just let me know. Contact me offline. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it taken care of. Next is, Rory, my life is boring without your blog. Um, you know, that's a nice thing to say. I've had kind of a rough time over the past few months. So but you're back, man. Stuff like that. I am back. Yeah, although let me tell you, this doubling of the antidepressant Dose might temporarily knock me off the horse for a couple of days, but I think in the long run, oh, I'm definitely back. I'm just having some very interesting, uh, sort of like being drunk. Okay, next one yeah. is Rory. Rory, if you don't blog, then the drugs have won. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Yeah. And then finally, hey, Rory Blake, go, beware. Just go, uh, listen to some Iron John or, you know, beat a drum and curse your father for a while there. Guy. <laughs> right. The last one is Rory Blythe, beware, Jeff is after your job. <laughs> Jeff, is this true? <laughs> Jeff? Uh, 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 yeah, uh, he's going to 
It's going to learn all about .NET and, yeah. and neck I'm, by next Is there week. some long and complicated plan you've got out there, an assassination attempt or something? Yeah, what's and, going on uh, here? And I'm planning on changing the show from .NET Rocks to uh, Jeff Rocks. To and Jeff I'm, Rocks. I'm just yeah, going to talk about stuff that I think is cool until everybody stops Jeff's listening. world. Jeff's world. Excellent. Party, Party time. This, this is why Google Weirdos is so important. See? Right. It you heard a person Google Weirdos. It, it, yeah. And obviously it takes some people apart when they lose their co-hosting positions <laughs> to the sound guy who has some underground effort movement going along that you know people are talking about on Google. Hmm. No so finally, those are the shouts outs. <laughs> those were the shouts outs. Moving so on to the, the actual weirdos? Google weirdos. The, weirdos. the true weirdos. In a world. Now, sometimes somebody, is a we- <laughs> sometimes somebody is a Google weirdo unintentionally. They're not necessarily looking for something all that weird but they don't really know how to phrase their thing and it comes out wrong. So we've got this. Do high school wrestlers wear jocks? Well, mm. I think they probably wear jock straps because wearing a whole jock would actually be kind of uncomfortable and inhibit a lot of your movement. <laughs> you know, you get five or six jocks strapped to your body and you're not even going to be able to move. You're just going to be lying there. Little guy on the floor covered in, you know, five or six other athletic types. So I think that high school wrestlers probably do not wear jocks unless they're showing off at a kager or something like that. Yeah. The next one is Light um, and body and parts stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> next one is body parts of an octopus. It's not that complicated. Eww. They're just like it's the, just one part. There's just there? the the big heady thing, and then you got all the dangly, sticky things. You know, it's <laughs> what's so hard about that? What did you, know, you use call your imagination? The, the flippy floppy. The flippity floppities. Yeah. And then the next one is not so weird, but uh, it's in here for a specific reason. It is lick my toes and. I, I put it in here because because my new dog is a total toe fetishist. At, when when I'm taking a shower or when Corey's taking a shower, he waits at the bathroom door, and as soon as you get out, he starts licking all the shower water off of your Ugh. toes. And then you get in bed, and he goes right down to your toes, and he starts very Ugh. meticulously licking every last inch between the toes, oh, under that, the toes. That dog would be. It makes us sick too. House. It makes us sick too. And then he tries to lick your mouth afterwards, Ugh. which is gross. So that's kind of gross. Um, next one is foot and mouth antique, disease, right there. Yeah, it, well, a whole new kind. Yeah, yeah. Next yeah. one is antique roadshow sex change, James. You get athlete's tongue from that. The, what, the, what the what the hell is that? What the what hell was is that? Say that again. Se- antique roadshow sex change, James. Oh, I mean, I've watched antique roadshow, and I don't have any idea what this no. person is getting at. That's just insane. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. Insane. Next one is NASCAR tidy whities um, I don't know. Maybe there's like a special version of NASCAR where they wear nothing but that tight white cotton Fruit of the Loom underwear and get it all sweaty in those hot little cars or something like that. And somebody really enjoys it. <laughs> not me. Not me. I wouldn't watch that. Okay. Um, next is Code Rush versus Crack. And I think that that's probably just about where it is for some people. You know? <laughs> I mean, some people love Code Rush so much that it is... It's it's. On the level of crack, I'm enjoying you know, it, but I'm still trying work. to figure out how to customize it. It's uh, yeah, it's got a lot of options, a lot of options. Well, it's but I it's, do love it's it. a much larger thing than I think people realize that's, when they start. That's using what it, it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then finally, design my own real Star Wars lightsaber. It's a movie. <laughs> there are no lightsabers, <laughs> store bought or designed on your own. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeff that was you you put that google google weird on there no actually yeah it doesn't work buddy doesn't work mm. it's mm. just it's just flashlights and some steam or something it, uh 
No real lightsaber going on there. So that is the Google Weirdos for the week. And a fine Google Weirdos it was. Yes, and what a fine Google Weirdos it was. It was it was a time a time of reflection, a time of sacrifice, a time of bliss. Time to get on with a damn show. And we're back with we're back with the Huckster, Tim Huckabee. Tim, you there? I'm here. And it seems like uh, you've got some company. One of our friends dropped in to say hello, did he not? Mr. Huckabee! Oh, it's Ooh. Nick Landry! It's your friend from Canada! Oh, God, and I was just about to make a Canadian comment and, and how much I despise Canada. It's the bald hello, Canadian. active Nick! Good to how talk are... to you. Where are you? I'm in Montreal. Okay. Home sweet home. Well, that goes without saying, I guess, is your attitude about isn't that. This, uh, isn't this ironic? I mean, the first show that Nick did, well, the only show that Nick did, Tim was a caller on. That's where we heard your great Bill Gates story. And in this you show... Know, I just, I fear that, you know, one of Bill Gates' uh, entourage is going to call me one day and say, Tim, we want you to stop telling Bill Gates' story. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> I know it's coming. And all the best Bill Gates stories, you know, are told to me by the Microsoft people. Did I ever tell you the Outlook one? No, no. <laughs> we want to hear it. We it do. Has too many F words in it. That's right. We have the power it's of bleep. Not appropriate for your audience. We have the power of bleep, and the live listeners get it unbleeped. <laughs> it would be one big bleep. <laughs> Anyways, Nick, up to? I haven't heard from you in so long. <laughs> yeah, I've been living under a rock for about a year now. Yeah, I'm that's back. the truth. So you got to be careful. I'm back. Okay, I'll be very careful. <laughs> he's back, and he's pissed. In fact, the last time, when's the last time I saw you? Was that in New, in New Orleans? You could barely walk. You had so many malted beverages under Sounds your Sounds like skin. Nick. <laughs> I don't know if that was the one. It was probably one of those, but I don't know if I would remember. But who are you to talk about drinking? <laughs> yeah, really. I don't drink alcohol. It affects my decision making. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I can't decide. I remember. Let, let me remember here. I remember Techhead. In yeah, Techhead in Atlanta, and you were bar hopping from place to place, and we we could not sit you down at a table or a bar for more than five minutes because you had to just gather your posse once the drinks were over and just <laughs> get to another place. It was like a race; you had to, to try as many bars as possible. There go your clients, Tim. And <laughs> and the point is. <laughs> My clients. So, let's who are you to talk about drinking? So you know how much work Internology does for Microsoft directly. Let's just assume at TechEd San Diego, these guys are begging me to take them to Tijuana. <laughs> the dirty <laughs> little truth of comes TechEd out. San Diego, you know, there's someone on in this little conference here that had a classic screw up. I don't even know if it's worth it chiding invo- him about. Did it involve a donkey? But uh, I run into a a Carl Franklin running out of the hotel with this worried look on his face. (laughs) And, you know, I thought I I I, I screwed up because I was going to his session (laughs) and I was late. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, well, maybe I looked at the agenda wrong because Uh (laughs) here he is right here. And he hops in this little chariot (laughs) to go 200 yards. 
And I'm thinking, like, my, my, that's odd. I needed Carl's all the speed I could get. to hire a $20 chariot to go 200 yards. No, they were free, actually, during all right, the day. So, Carl, you want to take the story from here? Well, okay, yeah. So or I mean, you just want to ignore it? No, no, no. I'm fully, you know, how can you ignore something like this? I mean, geez. So I'm in Tech Ed, and I'm in my room, and I get a call from Joe Stagner, it was, who says, uh, Carl, it's uh, 10.45. And uh, whole room here waiting for you. Where are you? <laughs> it was the big room, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like the room that seemed oh, like yeah. 5,000 people. No, there was at least 1,200 people there. At least. And uh, 1045. I got 1145 right here. I pull out my PDA. It says 1145. So I didn't, I didn't think about it. I just said, well, geez, I'll get over there as soon as I could. So I got over there. And it turns out I had written down the wrong date, the wrong time. Written down the wrong time, copied it off the website, copied it from my email or whatever it was, an hour late. So I get over there, and Joe, friend that he is, decides to heckle me. And he's, he's in a heckle mood anyway because he takes great pride in telling me. You see, he's local. He's a Rhode Island guy. And every time I go to speak at the Rhode Island.net users group, and he goes to speak at the Rhode Island.net users group, he tells them you know, that uh, all sorts of things about me that aren't true and to heckle me the next time I come up. And this is a little game he likes to play with me. So he told the crowd that I had been out all night drinking and I was asleep, zonked out, crashed, and, you know, and and hung over. And so to, to do a tisk-tisk when I got up to the stage. 1,200 f***ing people. <laughs> Attack head. They're videotaping it, right? <laughs> So I get up there, and everybody, he goes, I warmed him up for you. And he walks away, and everybody says, boo. Yeah, by that time, I'm sitting in the audience thinking like, holy shit. Yeah. I he said, just missed the first half hour of his session. That was 15. It was 15 minutes. It seemed like an eternity to It did seem people. like an eternity. And, and the thing was is that... Uh, you know, at, I, as soon as they said boo, I had no idea why, you know, I was like, well, I know I'm late, but geez, I said, I get enough of that at home. Cut that out. <laughs> and I actually did a fairly good session. It was a little rushed. Of course, I felt extremely rushed because uh, I just completely lost track of time at that point. So, but, um, so this, and as it turns out the the evals were absolutely scathing. I mean, they, they didn't know that he was kidding. And I, I gave you all nines, I did, or whatever oh, cool. the top score is. Cool, but it didn't matter. I mean, I got they looked at those scores and they freaked. So I did a makeup session, and both people in that session really enjoyed it because <laughs> they do such a great a great job of getting the word out. And uh, but you know, in all fairness, it wasn't their fault. But uh, I did a makeup session in the you know there was probably twenty five people in there. And no, they all those evals were great, but uh, yeah. So the guy who's going to do my talk in New Zealand at Tech Ed emails me, and he says, uh, "Oh, and forget about that email. All the the rest of the show. Like I go, I go out and I sit at the lunch table with with a bunch of developers, and they had obviously just been in my talk. I didn't know that, but and nobody's talking at the table." Right, I felt like I was the bastard boyfriend that the daughter had brought home to dad, and they were all dad, you know. And they, nobody was saying a word, and they were just like. And I tried to strike up conversation with the people, you know, in the cafeteria area where they have the food. Then you 
go through the buffet line, you sit down. So you're sitting with 10 people that you've never seen before. And usually you strike up a conversation. You're having a good show, blah, blah, blah. But it's like everybody's like looking down in their plate, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And they're probably thinking to themselves, oh, that bastard's been out all night drinking. Shh. <laughs> Don't look him in the eye. <laughs> He's probably hungover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what, Carl? You know, That's when you need a top 10 list to win them over at the beginning. A top 10. You are Mr. Top 10 list. You know, I, uh, I congratulate a Canadian having an original idea. It's just wonderful <laughs> to see. Well, actually, it's not even original. But, well, we all know who the original top 10 guy is. But you make up some good ones. So do you have one? I try. Actually, you know what? I do. And Here I do go. have a special top ten list in the honor of our guest tonight. Oh, really? Mr. <laughs> Tim Huckabee. <laughs> and, you know, like any top ten, I've got to explain the context and everything. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, Tim has this company, all these consultants working for him. He's Mr. Hotshot at Microsoft. He goes to conferences and gives all these great talks about .NET. But you know what? I'm really not sure he knows exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I think he just tries to fake it. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least I, I set an expectation in the beginning of the show that my own people don't let me write production code anymore. <laughs> oh, oh well, that's good. You're being much too <laughs> modest. He only won like the coding contest of the lifetime. Oh, that was totally Tech fixed, Ed. and you knew it. <laughs> Well, anyway, was... so that's why I decided to come up with the top 10 reasons why Huckabee should not talk about tech. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, let's get going. Number 10, he's wasted 90% of the time. Oh. Number 9, I would trust him more as an iron chef than an iron developer. That's the one I'm talking about, iron developer. Iron chef. Number 8, He's become a Hollywood type ever since he's met Bill Gates on stage. <laughs> My good friend. <laughs> has no idea who I am. <laughs> Number seven is all that San Diego son who has hit so hard on his head at too many times that it hurt his mental abilities. <laughs> Number six, he's been spending too much time with his huckababes to stay current on tech. Huckababe. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, you guys remember the Harley baby that he had? The Harley baby? Oh, no. <laughs> now, she was a huckababe. I mean, that that's when we came up with the term. I didn't even get close. Number five, he thinks garbage collection is associated to collecting empty bottles for five-cent refunds. <laughs> Number four, if you look up www.timhuckabee.com, it, it directs you to a Polish vodka import e-commerce site. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, now I'm scrambling to type in timhuckabee.com to see if there is one. <laughs> I just Number three, it. he's a CEO. He's much better at pushing people than pushing code. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. Number two, he's way too enthusiastic about tech to actually understand what he's talking about. He is enthusiastic, that's sure. Yeah, that's true. You should hear and, me talk about sports. And the number one reason why Huckabee should not be allowed to talk about tech is, you know what? At his age, the only .NET talks he should be allowed to do are about COBOL.NET. Oh, oh. That, that, that hurts. Oh, my God, Nick. That hurt. That cuts to the bone. 
<laughs> you know, seeing that I have a little gray hair, and I used to be one hell of a, a JCL developer. I love you, man. You know what I, you know I wrote some Check kick-ass out. JCL in my time that set up my Cobell apps, so that one hurts bad. But oh, it's mostly man. true, of course. <laughs> so there Other you go. Than, is there a timhuckabee.com? I just no. reserved it. There no, is I'm not. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, you, you better regi- register it because you know that after hearing this show, a lot of people <laughs> are going to register it and point it to you, you God knows what. Yeah. Well, Nick, thanks for stopping by. It was good to talk to you. We're going to hey, have to. Hey, it was great, guys. Yeah. So uh, have fun. Later, Nick. All right. Cheers, bye. Thanks again for your hospitality in Montreal, man. <laughs> hey, that was fun. It was. And next year, Tim, you got to come to DevTeach. Absolutely. Great Invite time. me. I'd love to come. I did. <laughs> but, you know, you're too important for us. So. No, no, I'm 900 unread emails behind is what I am. All right, that's okay. So have fun, guys. Okay, Later, buddy. take it easy. So what the hell were we talking about before we were so rudely interrupted with all the silliness? Programming? <laughs> Computers? Technology? Yeah, the subject of your book, right? <laughs> we're talking about smart clients. Yeah, smart clients. So you really think that uh, that this is going to happen? Is are these people going to become educated? Here's here's the thing. You know, it seems to me, Tim, that in order f- for a technology like this to become widely utilized, people have to see it working, and they, you know, you have to have some case that you you know, like Amazon.com was a very easily visible project where people could see yes, the web is working. Because people can go to it. But smart client applications are really for intranet and private use, mostly. And so even if the, great, the biggest company in the world, like even if Exxon came out and said, you know, we've deployed you know, a smart client application all around the world for our customers and our orders and deployers, and nobody's going to know because they can't put their hands on it. Yeah, so isn't yeah that a big I agree. It, uh, it's an uh, enterprise-type it's, easy, it's an easy, a relatively easy solution to solve in the enterprise. I think we definitely need uh, a big consumer win to turn some heads. How can um, we do it, though? How can we do it without... Well, you know, there, there's... Uh, uh, unfortunately, I can't fly the company name, but there, let's, let's assume that a very large internet travel organization, okay. company, where you book your airplanes and your... Mm-hmm you know, your cars and such, has got a Windows Forms project going. Okay. Um, it, uh, that we're, we're going to be involved in. Very, wow. very exciting. Cool. And that would, of course, require these clients to, um, you know, have the .NET framework on, the, on the, their desktop, and then we'd, they would download this really kick-ass, um, easy to use, you know, Windows interface uh, travel app, and uh, their first pilot customers are, um, you know, big companies. It's going to be a custom version, you know, that like, kind of like extending their extranet. But they fully plan to go consumer on it. You know, there's a lot of people like us that believe that .NET is going to dominate. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. You know, it's a matter of awareness. It's a matter of a few legal and, and technical hurdles before mm-hmm. total domination. Um, but, uh, and then, and then these Amazon.com example you give is interesting because remember, was it, was it the last PDC where they showed their uh, Longhorn smart client version of Amazon.com? 
And it's actually live. But here's the thing. Why would somebody use that if they can just go to a browser and get everything they can do with that? You know what I mean? It's an internet application. Well, but, you know, are you, are you being facetious? I, know, I think I know you know the answer to that. Uh, you, you're, the rich interface of Windows is, uh, is, is compelling. Uh, right. Grandma, you know, Grandma Huckabee uh, would go to Amazon.com or and flail. Yeah. Or, or you know, right. any you know, yeah. uh, uh, any of the, the big internet um, web applications, because there's no standards in in the interface, and, and right, right. You know, every app behaves differently. Uh, differently. Well, Grandma Huckabee knows, you know, file exit, and she knows the Windows interface. Right. She certainly knows that uh, she would certainly do a lot better in the rich controls that we have on the Windows side. And there's something to be said for that, certainly. Uh, I think maybe a more compelling argument is just the being able to interface with your client-side stuff. Like being able to, when you book a flight, let's say, you have an itinerary and you could you know, just dump that itinerary into your Outlook calendar. Or you could, uh, you know put a little, open up a little travel spreadsheet, you know, a, a, you know, a uh, travel expenses spreadsheet or whatever, you know, I mean, the integration with the client side stuff and the stuff that they were doing in Longhorn was especially cool where they showed demos of utilizing the, the metadata in WinFS, you know, to superimpose calendars, your calendar, like, what are you doing? Superimpose that over a calendar where data comes from in a smart client where data comes from a web service somewhere. But there's, uh, there's other compelling arguments too, of course. Um, think about, uh, Outlook versus OWA or Outlook web access. Yeah. You know, um, Outlook is lightning, lightning compared mm. to OWA. Oh, right. And they're both almost completely identically functional. And OWA is the king of web apps, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen a better written app than that thing. Sure, certainly there's a lot of client-side stuff going on, but uh, that's a nice, rich, robust nice. app. You would never run that inside the firewall, never in a million years if you had access to the the Win32 version of Outlook. Yeah. And plus, you get that uh, pretty compelling disconnected scenario, which is, a, is the big attribute, one of the big cells of a smart client app uh, in Outlook the Win32 version. And we can go on and on. Yeah, no, there's true. Just, uh, and, and, you know, there's tools for everything. And there, there's, right. the web apps aren't dying. That the, the rumor of HTML's death is greatly over-exaggerated. Yeah, Unfortunately, we're stuck with it for a long time. Well, and as you said before, Tim, it's an appropriate tool for some things. You wouldn't want to go to Amazon.com and before you can use the website, oh, please download this 25 megabyte, in, yeah. install the framework. <laughs> yeah. 25 megs of DLL down your throat. Right. It's yeah. just not appropriate for that. Grin but, and bear it. Right. Thank but you, for, Sam, I have another. But for anything where we're using our data, we're, we're taking it offline, we're in, integrating with other applications on our system, you know, we have the rich UI stuff. Maybe, maybe it's going to take the UI of Longhorn Pizzazz for people to say, you know what? You know, Windows was good and functional and stuff, but this is great, and I want to use this. Because now I think there's less of a a case for the UI thing. I mean, b sure, you, Windows UI is better. It's cleaner. It's faster. It's more feature-rich. But people have learned to deal with 
the web interface, and they're obviously doing it because websites aren't going away, right? Right. So, you know, I think maybe maybe Longhorn is the killer thing. I don't know. What do you think about that, Rory? You think that uh, Avalon and those kinds of things will bring people back around to wanting Windows apps? Well, I think so, and I think a lot of it actually has to do with the fact that they're going to bring that web look and feel to the desktop. You know, because, I mean, by the time Longhorn gets yeah. out anyway, like, while we've been sitting here, I've been totally lost in thought because Tim keeps talking about, you know, like, uh, uh, consumer applications written in .NET. Mm. And I started thinking, now, what consumer applications do I even use anymore? I started thinking about, uh, well, I use Outlook, of course. I use Word. Um, I use the Office Suite, essentially. Yeah. And it almost ends right there. Aside from that, nearly every application that I use now is hosted on the web somewhere. Mm. and you know, the more I get to think about that, um, the more I'm kind of seeing like the value in, say, like the navigation application uh, that we're gonna that we're gonna be taking advantage of in Longhorn. Yeah, where a lot of people are gonna be designing their applications in a more document centric manner, uh, rather than just a collection of windows and buttons, but something that actually draws people from one point to another in an inductive manner, a lot like what we have on the web when you're purchasing something online. So. Yeah. I think it'll come back, and I think we're going to get the best of both worlds. We're going to get the good things that the web has brought to us over the past few years, like the auto resizing stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going we're going to get the we're going to get the accessibility stuff. We're going to get the uh, we're going to get the we're, we're going to get like that feeling of somebody drawing us through a process rather than sitting and staring at a bunch of floating windows and not knowing what to do with them. Yeah, but we're also going to get the power of the desktop. We're we're going to be kind of like smart clients. We'll be able to take advantage of local resources. Um, and just, it's going to, it really is going to be the best of both worlds because they will be connected applications and semi-connected applications. They will behave like web applications, but they will run locally. It's going to be great. So I think it's a good thing. I just hope that, uh, you know, there's a lot of very stubborn, very, very stubborn people out there with painful memories who don't even look at it because they, you know, they just don't want to go there. It's just painful or whatever it is, you know, they have made up their mind and, these are the people that we really need to be talking to and talking about, don't you think? I mean, yeah, there, I, there's companies still with corporate standards. You yes. will not write anything but web applications. That's right, and you will not mm-hmm. install any Windows applications without right. first going through a 29-step approval process, which, by the way, takes 30 in front of committee. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we talked about it earlier. The scars are deep. Yeah, so I mean, we need but, a like you know, twelve step program for recovering Windows users <laughs> or something, you know. You know that we well, can look, talk. By, by the time by the time Longhorn comes out, all those managers will have died of old age, and there will be a whole new generation <laughs> of people in there who think differently. All right, I hope so. There's the half uh, the half full view. I like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, no, it's, it's it's yeah, the, it's the, definitely half the full for me. I'm happy about deep. it. Um, they're you know, there's a lot of awesome technology that we get to use, but there's other scars. You know, I don't want to divert the conversation too long, but how about NT? It oh, won't yeah. go away. Yeah. It's killing us. Yeah. And I'm speaking true. for the three of us and your entire audience. NT is killing us. You know us. what, though? Security is a hell of a motivator. A hell of a motivator. I I was motivated to actually install Firefox on, on a PC at home just because I couldn't uninstall IE the right way. I couldn't get the spyware off before it, it just got, something got so integrated and latched into IE, I just couldn't clean it and I couldn't use it anymore. 
And it doesn't happen on all of my pieces. It just happened on one. I don't know why. I don't know how it got in there. But but ever since that happened, I you know I took I stopped running as administrator. Now I have a little applet that I wrote that you know picks a file and runs it with Run As, and you know Run Ad Aware and Spybot Search and Destroy religiously, and those things haven't come back, but. But, you know, can you imagine having that kind of a problem on a server like NT where it just becomes unusable? You know, here's a, here's a tip for you. Just everybody go do this right now. Right-click on your taskbar and select Task Manager and, and go to Processes and sort the processes by the user, you know, by the, by the user. And you should see your username in there. And there should really only be about four or five processes running if you don't have any other applications running that are running under your account. And if, you know, what I saw in there was like 35, 30, I shit you not, 35 processes that were running and you'd close them and they'd come right back again. Close them, they'd come right back. What the hell? I mean, you know, that's you just want to take something with a spray can and go... Now I'm staring at my processes here in panic. Yeah, I'm l- I'll look at mine right now, and I'm just on a laptop here. And I did run well, that. I'll look, at, that. I'll look at mine too because I don't want to feel left out. <laughs> no, this, I did this run this that okay. thing the other night, and oh my goodness, on a machine here at home that the kids use. Yeah. Oh my god. Mine's okay. Terrifying. Here. And and they're you know they're well, I control where they can go, and we're talking about Nick.com, oh, yeah. you know, the Nickelodeon site, and they're still getting all this crap. Some guys in the chat room saying, I've got about 25, 29 here, and you're probably running under the administrator account, and you know some, some website hijacked your browser and installed all sorts of crap, and it's running. God knows what the hell it's doing, you know. I've so got, you, I've got 59 on mine, and I'm running as admin, but I, I think I can account for all of it. Yeah, I've I've got a lot of applications running, and I've only got about ten. Oh, there's this thing sucking up a whole bunch of memory called uh, Outlook. Uh, <laughs> probably, I should look into that. Hey, see if I can get that, that cleaned. Did have you guys seen the uh, the Whitby WinForms version of Outlook that uh, that was written internally at Microsoft as a demo app no. for WinForms? It's okay. I wish. See, this is why you guys should be on TV so I could show this thing. <laughs> It is so amazing. You you look at the thing and you swear it's Outlook and it's built completely in Whidbey. Hmm. In in hmm. just the normal controls that ship with the product. Wow. Hmm. Now the cool thing is it's it's great for me to do a session on because um you know it's a it's a facade. It's a complete demo app. So it, you, for the messages is use this little XML file and you can hack it up with like conversations that are relatively amusing. Hmm. Um and then, boom, you jump into the Visual Studio and show them how the app's built. Oh, it's so compelling. Cool. It's, of course, yeah. smart guys like my folks and you guys say, whoa, I can you know, just snap in on my Pop32 account and, and uh, I've replaced Outlook. Well, that, that's clearly not why the WinForms team built this app. Um, it doesn't replace Outlook's fu- functionality. It's, it's really just a look and feel app. But it is we it is very very the... cool. If you have access to the um, the uh, TechEd presentations, uh, Joe Stegman is the guy that built it, and mm. it's in his WinForms session where he shows how he builds it. It's it's unbelievable. 
And yeah. I'm not a UI guy. I'm a nightmare on the on the client side. Um, but you can't uh, do UIs. Your people of, won't let you code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm oh, pretty man, good at screwed. reading and writing emails. <laughs> so real Getting quick, start on the copy machine, and <laughs> making coffee, and. <laughs> So, Tim, real quick, um, we need to wrap it up because we have another segment that you can stay online for, but uh, it's uh, uh, the first time we've ever done this segment, and I'll introduce that in a minute. But uh, before you go, you got to tell us a story. Tell us a, a story. you got to give me some context. Uh, you told, I never realized I got famous for telling stories, maybe because I like humor so well, much. Well, you told me this afternoon in MSN that you had a killer story that you could tell about some conference or something. Something happened. I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was your that was your prior guest. No, I I don't think so. Give me some context. Oh, shit. oh here's got... a good one. Here's a good one. Do you got you, um? And this is, is. Do you mind it being off topic? No. I was telling this story the other night because uh, for Ineta, I did some uh, presentations. Um, you know, .dot net one hundred one for the network guy. Mm-hmm. Right, and you cover how easy it is to build, um, you know, Active Directory aware applications and WMI. WMI is one of those technologies that the Unix folks have had forever that we just recently got on the, the Microsoft platform. And one of its features is uh, you can write code that, that runs remotely. If, mm. if you know the whole management suite of Microsoft, like Application Center and MOM and all those things, they use WMI to go out there to, to manage the devices and such, right? You guys know what WMI yeah. is. In, in any event, before XP, before XP was, you know, Microsoft completely locked down the OS, you could use in, in scriptable interfaces, in COM interfaces, you could um, execute, you could, I, I wrote a little VBS script that would execute a process remotely. Now, you, you needed permissions to do that, like a domain admin or a local admin. But a little, you know, 10, 20-line script, I wrote for actually for a Microsoft project, and I could spawn Internet Explorer on someone else's machine. Ooh. So, Carl, you know <laughs> you know Woody Pewitt oh, yeah. pretty well. Sure. Woody, Woody's a great guy. He's great guy. one of those industry leaders. He's well-spoken, well-written, and he's just a brilliant software architect. Yeah. So um, this, is, this is like six months ago, uh, maybe a year ago, how time flies. Anyways, I, I, run, I run this little script, and I have to get the, uh, the domain admin from my own people, right? And I run this little script. I bring up IE in a website that would suggest he has some complications with his sexual preferences. <laughs> as as IE is spawning, I walk into his oh, office and God. say, hey, what are you up to, Woody? You know, and technically <laughs> I'm the boss, right? Right. So he just freaks out and says, dude, I have no idea how that happened. I do not look at this website. <laughs> just, a, just a classic technology practical joke story. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> so let me leave you with that one. WMI. Now, you can still unlock Windows to do this type of stuff, but it comes locked down now. Wow. Great story. Okay, boys. Well, That's stick around, sweet. Tim. Stick around because we'd like to you to uh, uh, contribute to this next segment. Um, this is called The Toy Boy with Richard Campbell. As you know, Richard Campbell did a show, uh, Geeking Out with Richard Campbell, just a couple of weeks ago. 
And we liked it so much that we wanted to have him back as a regular bit, a regular segment on every show to talk about what's cool and what's not cool in geek toys. Isn't that great? And Richard so, Campbell is one of my favorite people in the world. I love that guy. He's awesome. So before I introduce him, let me just say that uh, he did a lot of research this week to find something that's really good. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to give away swag based on a contest where he's going to set up the requirements for the contest. It's going to be something you have to look up online or figure out real quick and email us the answer. And the first one to email us the correct answer is going to win. Now, tonight's prize is what he's actually talking about. But we're going to try to make it so that it's next week's prize. You know, we're going to start to sort of stagger it a little bit, but we have to start somewhere. So let me introduce the segment, The Toy Boy with Richard Campbell. 39 speakers in my living room. NASA complaints about the sonic boom. 10 foot ice cream, 20 feet wide. How's it hanging, Richard? Well, here I am, and I apparently I am the toy boy. And yes, enjoying you are. myself a great deal. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the NVIDIA GeForce 6800 Ultra video card. Now, Tom's Hardware has done a great review on this product. I'm a video card junkie. I can't get enough horsepower out of anything related to my machines, and I prefer my computers water-cooled, so the high-end video cards all have water-cooling options. And currently, I have an ATI Radeon 9800 XT, of course, I only bought this a couple of months ago, and now I've been put to shame by this new video card. <laughs> it's a beast. Wow. You've never seen anything like this. You know, the What's complexity of it? video cards has blown away CPUs. True. Your typical P4 is running 20 million to 30 million transistors on it. The, the, the GE4 6800 has 222 million chips or uh, transistors on it. Wow. It's insane. And that's twice so, what my 9800 XT's got. So, so Richard, Huck, Huckabee here. Yeah, uh, can you put this in real terms for, for a guy whose eight-year-old kicks his ass in Xbox? <laughs> it's uh, going to smoke. This mean, All right. Does this mean <laughs> Halo or uh, you know, um, Quake or runs faster or better or something like that? Well, that's a good term to work from, uh, Tim. My uh, current penchants for blowing myself up with his Unreal Tournament 2004... <laughs> And with this obscene video card, I can run 1600 by 1200, 32-bit mode, with full anti-aliasing on, and still get 100 frames per second. Oh, my God. Wow. That's really shame. Wow. Wow. That is really crazy. What are the costs of this thing? 399 bucks. Now, the one. Now, the Ultra is more. It's 500 bucks. And you really can't get one right now. The reason is the uh, the (laughs) GDDR3s. So they're all back ordered, is what it is. It's the RAM chips on it. The GDDR3 chips are killing us. But you, the one that you quoted there, spec wise, was the one that we're giving away. Now we're giving away the model below the Ultra, which is the 256 one uh, and that, that it still uses GDDR. Okay, and it still and, kicks ass. And, uh, it still kicks ass. It's still an amazing card. It's faster than anything else you're going to be able to lay your hands on, but uh, it's not quite as fast as the Absolute Limit machines. Meantime, there's other companies like these guys, BFG Tech. And anybody who used to play uh, Doom knows what a BFG is. It's a big, friendly giant. They've taken the video card. (laughs) (laughs) Have taken the video card, and they're shipping it overclocked about 25% with water cooling already installed. Oh, man. Sweet. (laughs) I mean, it's a little excessive, but it's still cool. The funny part about this video card, 
The other threshold this video card has hit is it's now consuming more power than your processor. In fact, to plug this card into your machine, you need to plug in two additional Molex connectors to it. So the PCI bus doesn't generate enough power. There's been a few video cards that have one Molex connector. This one needs a pair because it draws 120 watts. Oh, man. The lights dim when you play Unreal. Then, Yeah, and if you're going to cool it with air, you can heat your room with it. Wow. So is this thing the actual but top wait. of the line right now? I mean, you can't get anything better? There can't get anything better yet, but there's a new card coming, okay. which is tied into something you asked me about recently, uh, Rory, which is PCI Express. PCI Express, yeah. They're going to build a version with the same core, the NV40 core, that you can run two of simultaneously in your machine. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And what it'll basically do is it'll every other frame drawn on your screen will be run on the opposite card. So you basically <laughs> double your frame rate. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Now, so if you have an urge to drop a thousand bucks on a video card, this will be the choice for you. And just some quick specs here. The clock memory speed is 300. The clock speed is 350 megahertz. Memory speed is one gigahertz. The one we're giving away here is 256 megs of RAM, GDDR3, as you said, 256-bit. Uh, it's got one VGA out, a 15-pin D-sub, one TV out, S-video, and one DVI. It's AGP for an 8X. The maximum resolution is 2048 by 1536 uh, at 60 hertz. No TV tuner, uh, no video input. And uh, there you go, man. This is uh, some serious, serious stuff. So in your travels, Richard, out there on the web, you were going and looking for some great toys. Did you come across any uh, devices or gadgets that weren't so great, things that we maybe should avoid this holiday season? Well, yes, I did. (laughs) And I'm I'm a little traumatized to even talk about this particular product. Really? I'm going to have to. It's, well... Yeah, there's no. Just- yes, one of those things you just got to look at. <laughs> okay, it's www.smartclampwithak.com. I'm going there now. K L A M P. Pause, and if you check the title page, you'll see the line nobody ever wanted to read: "The fine art of male circumcision." Oh God! <laughs> oh God! This smart, smart clamp. Now, don't worry. They- the smart clamp. And it comes in XXL for all you bigger guys. <laughs> oh, oh, Mike. This can't be real. Now, wait a minute. Is it, w- What's going on here? Could you please tell us now? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my is a God. This device. That oh parents and end users? Through your doctor. <laughs> yeah, they do have an end user set of website with a fact. Oh Good questions. Self-circumcision. Holy fucking shit. I like the fact that it's oh ISO 9002 rated. <laughs> And don't forget, it comes with the size-o-meter. Size-o-meter. This can't be real. Oh, my God. (laughs) Could you just use scissors and, like, a rag to bite uh, on? Yeah, look at the kids with their smiling faces. faces. (laughs) Tell you what, I wouldn't be happy if I had that thing (laughs) snapping on my head. Where's the kicker? I I, I, I I love the sound of installation. Oh, they have pictures. Well, there's this line at the top that just says predictable, predictable results, you know? Like, it's going to do anything else, you know? Predictable results chops your balls off. I mean, what do you expect, you know? Good Lord. You're supposed to leave it on for five days. Five days? (laughs) It's going to make you look kind of a little weird with that in your pants, isn't it? Oh, my God. Well, 
Coming back quickly to reality with, <sighs> with only a few minutes left. Well, no, in the but show. that is reality, Carl. That's the <laughs> freaky thing. <laughs> my reality. That's not my reality. <laughs> I'm bookmarking that. First, okay. Anyway, yeah. Preparation. Back to the first, the painkiller will be applied. The foreskin God. will be thoroughly cleaned, usually with yellow-colored jodium. Okay, I'm, I can't read anymore. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> So, Richard, you you are the guy who tells everybody what they need to do. I will tell them where they need to send it. You need to send your answers to uh, .NET Rocks at franklins.net. Richard, what do they have to do? The contest is to find out with the new SLI 6800 series video card that NVIDIA is releasing, you use the PCI Express bus, and there's a massive increase in bandwidth over traditional PCI buses. I want to know how many times faster the PCI Express with the SLI technology provides me over my old PCI bus. How many Find times me that faster? Multiplier, you win yourself a card. How okay. many times faster? All right. How many times faster is it? And as you're Five? doing... Five? All right. Please. Please. As you're doing that, we're going to listen to some music until we get an answer. First one to send the right answer to .NET Rocks at franklins.net wins the card. And we have a winner. The winner is Michael Rosario. Michael Rosario, you win the card. Yay! Everybody clap. Bravo. What's the answer? The answer is 60 times. Michael, what what we need from you is your mailing address and uh, your firstborn. So thanks. And uh, And the follow-up question. Yeah. What's the the URL? Where did you find it? Well, no, it's, it's why does the smart clamp need to stay on the penis for five days after the circumcision? That's an incredibly pertinent question, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I don't think, I think, I think the circumcision the takes five days. I think it's done slowly. <laughs> That's the problem. You guys sent me in the tank with that smart clamp thing. Now I'm intensely disturbed. <laughs> There's, well, we there's thought, pictures you know, on the website I know, it's of, insane. of the damn thing in action. We, we thought smart client, smart clamp, you know. Go, go to the FAQ section and prepare to be disturbed. <laughs> oh, this has been too much fun. Should we what, talk about what we're doing next week? Uh, what are we doing next week? Next week's show, we're going to be talking about fun that geeks can have with Home Depot. Ooh, <laughs> I know what you're up to, and I think it's crazy. Well, anyway, listen, I want to thank some people here. I want to thank my co-host, Roy Blythe, Richard Campbell, obviously Tim Huckabee, uh, Nicholas Landry out there, and uh, all the listeners, Jeff Maciolik out in the sound room, 
And uh, what can I say? You guys are great. Keep on listening. And hey, you're now you, now you're winning some good stuff. Well,